everybody. Welcome back to Weekly Dish. I'm Steph March. I'm Stephanie Hansen. And we are hanging out here on every Saturday from 9 to 11, talking about all the goodness that there is to eat and drink in the Twin Cities. Yes. That's our Saturday job. And your Saturday job is to sit and listen. Yes. <laughs> but maybe it's not your Saturday job because, of course, if you miss the whole first hour of this show, you can find us on Podcast One. This is a great show that you can dial in anytime you're on the treadmill, you're out weed in the garden, you know, next week you're mowing the lawn, all that kind of stuff. We are good companions for that. We are. Any the podcast, the too, has been growing. So if you know people that like food and you want to share the podcast love, please do. It's pretty easy to Find the podcast and you can listen on on demand at your own leisure. There it is. All right, gang, guess what time it is? It's time for top two in hour two. Give me the old one, two. One, two, one, two. And now the weekly dish presents Top Two, Top Two. The top two. Pick your best two. In hour two. All right, give me two, will you? All right, so this is the time of the show that we talk about two things that we are currently kind of obsessed with or working towards. Owning this week. Uh, do you want to go first or do you want to sure. go? Sure. Okay. Um, okay. You had me crazy thinking about lemonade the other day when we were talking <laughs> last weekend about bootlegs Seriously. and we were talking about lemonade. And I happened to go to Certix to pick up some liquor and I was in the cheese shop and always on the right hand of the register, they have like a little ice tub. And inside that ice tub, they have the freshest, most delicious lemonade that's made with honey. Mm. And it's a dollar like ninety nine a cup. Yes. It's so cheap. <laughs> they have a hibiscus tea. They have a Arnie Palmer. They have the lemonade. And sometimes they'll have a mint tea. That lemonade for that two dollar investment is just like a cup full of summer. It is so good. Yeah. It's super tart. It's just like the lemonade that when you would see a picture of the Martha Stewart picture on her counter in the magazine, that's what I imagine what the oh, lemonade tastes like. Yeah. It's delicious. So oh, I was good. like, oh, we have to do a top two an hour to the Certix lemonade. Okay. And really the hibiscus tea they make, all that stuff is really great. That's cool. And it's right at the, it's right right at right the counter. In it's, the cheese shop. Yep. In the cheese shop. It's uh, It has ice. All you do is throw your straw and it's in the glass. It's all set and ready perfect. to go. Perfect. 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 Okay. Um, my first one is actually going to be, I was at Trapeze, which is Kim Bartman's yes. uh, new champagne bar on Thursday. I was there. It's open Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, I think. Um, and it is, you guys, it is girlicious. It is so pink in there, but just not fluffy. And there was just tables and tables of girls just women sitting and chatting and having a good time and then there was one man in the whole place one man and that man was danny del prado of martina oh that's funny <laughs> and he was there meeting with his psalm and it was fun but what i gotta tell you is that um they are uh it's a champagne bubbles bar and they kind of say there's light snacks it is the perfect situation if you want to meet with a gal or hang out with a friend have a couple glasses of either cocktails or bubbles or whatever, and then get a couple plates of snacks. And then that's it. Like you have, maybe you have other things to go to or another event or a dinner to go to. This is the perfect. It's good pre and post game. Preamble. Perfect. Or like we did, you know, take down two full bottles of uh, <laughs> of champagne and then drink uh, cocktails after that and then throw just all the plates on the table. So we did that too. <laughs> so there's that. But what I love about it and the thing that I want you to know is that there's a lot of things. If you look at the menu, you might start to get a little intimidated with the champagne because they have some really great bottles on there. 
there are some $110, $210 bottles, you know, that are amazing. I did not order those, to be clear, but <laughs> I really love the fact that I sort of, I ended up chatting with our server, and she was the bartender, about what some of this stuff meant and what it was. And one of the things I'm super interested right now in is Pet Nat, which is the naturally fermented wines that are sort of still fermenting in the bottle. Um, and we're going to talk a little bit about that in a couple of weeks because I'm going to go to a class. But um, there's, uh, the, but I asked her all about them. She described it. She gave me a taste of one that was open. It was wonderful. It was that service. Pet Nat. Pet Nat. Naturally fermented. Yes. Okay. So we're going to talk fermented. about that. But it's, but what I'm saying is like, if you are worried because you're not a champagne or a sparkling bubbles person, you don't know like what a Cremant is, what a Charmant is, all these things, then don't worry about it. Go because they have the knowledge. And you maybe just can drink them without the knowledge. Right. Well, I mean, there's like a list to pick that you kind of feel like, well, I don't know what this, like, why would I pick this one over this one? Because I can't read the name. I just like, point. Yeah. I want that right. one. Right. But I mean, it's you kind of want $12 what you want. and it looks good. Yeah. But I mean, if you're at all interested in that kind of stuff or just finding a great glass that fits your taste. Yeah. Um, okay. Fun. I like that. That sounds good. What's your second? Uh, this is a cider that I had before and then I forgot about it and then I had it again and I was like, oh, this is not something you need to forget about. Milk and Honey Ciders. It is a local cidery and they have a rosé cider mm-hmm. that is so beautiful and refreshing and floral and sweet and dry in all the right ways. Yep. It's um, a little more flavor forward than a traditional rosé wine would be because it's apples, but it's just great. I loved it. And they have it at Zerdex. She's championed this milk and honey company. She carries a lot of their line. Um, there are a lot of ciders uh, at Zerdex. I'm sure there are other places too, but yeah. um, I was just there. So I noticed they had a really big section and they have a lot of them chilled. Milk and honey ciders. It is the rosé cider. Yep. Get it. it and was they delicious. have a tasting. They have a tasting room. Milk and honey does down south where they're located. So if you feel like taking a road trip and hitting up their tasting that's room, fun. you can go to the cidery and see stuff, and then go to their tasting room. So that's kind of fun. Very they just launched fun. that this year. So that's a lot of good stuff. Okay, my second one, you guys. I'm super psyched about. I am very excited by this. It's a book. It's a book called The Jello Girls. I've heard about this. Have I you think heard? Lori and Julia are reading it. Oh, I'm re- I just got it. It just launched on I mean, I didn't get any pre-press on it and yep. I found it through a friend and it just launched. So I just got it yesterday in the mail and I'm already like 10 pages in and I'm just I'm completely enamored. It is a memoir from uh, a woman uh of course now I'm like what's her name? Um Allison uh Al- Allie Robotten, Robottom and she is the heir to the Jell-O fortune. And she's basically braiding, here's what, it's, it's a memoir that braids the evolution of one of America's most iconic branding campaigns with the stirring tales of the women who lived behind its facade, told by the inheritor of their stories. But it's more than that. It, there is a mystery. There is there is fateful illnesses. There is witchiness. There is so <laughs> much interesting things about how the women were affected by her great great uncle's purchase of the Jello recipe, who then sold it for sixty seven million dollars twenty years after that. Wow! And it's this entire thing of, I mean, it, and in, I will tell you right now, Ali Robottom is a beautiful writer, and it is. I'm excited by it. So what I would love for you guys to do is to, if you want to read along, you know, I mean, you can order it up on a Kindle, and you can, or you can get it. I'm sure you can find it in a bookstore or get it primed to you. Um, and if you want to talk about it, we can talk about it in like a week or so. 
All right. So there it is. So Jello Girls by Allie Robottom is my other one. Um, how long will it take you to read a book like that? Well, it depends. If I'm this focused on it because I know I have something to talk about, you know, then I will I will get it done this week. But I've been reading the, A Gentleman in Moscow, you know, which is... That a, is a great book, but a, a long book. Great book. But it's just taken me... <laughs> I don't know when I got it, like spring, you know? So, because I read at night and then I kind of fall asleep. That happens. And then, you know, that kind of happens. I know. It's Can what I, happens. Hey, um, I just want to say that we had, hadn't talked about what the uh, Facebook question oh, of the yeah. day was. And that, of course, was uh, we asked you guys what you like to pick up at the farmer's market. And... Um, now it's like all well, the way down here. I got to find it now. But there's a lot of people who are saying, you know, all the great things like cucumbers they're into, um, uh, golden beets, Brussels sprouts, apparently yes. on the stock are starting. I, I have not seen that yet. And I haven't even, my Brussels sprouts are not even close to being ready. So that's kind of interesting. Um, very slender green beans for salad niçoise. Oh, yes. Doesn't that sound good? Lots of cukes. Here's one. Sweet corn and enough to freeze to make cheesy bacon corn chowder in the fall and winter. Yum. That That's a good like idea. a really good idea. Buy I your sweet do corn that. now yeah. and freeze it. Yeah. Like take it right off the cob. Um, someone was uh, had grown radishes and she said they're super spicy. Yeah. So she's like, what do I do with them? I'm like, you roast them. Oh, yeah. You love roasting radishes. Right out of them. Yeah. I love roasted radishes. You just cut them in half or quarter them if they're really large toss them with olive oil and salt and roast them in like a 425 degree oven until they get like almost like a roasted potato because the starch gets released and they get caramelized and brown and people don't even know what they are when you serve them. They're like, what are these? Because they know they're not potatoes, but they're radishes and they're delicious and they have no carbohydrates or starch. So they're amazing. That's amazing. Um, I do love them. I was eating them with salt and ramp butter. Oh, just butter. That's your, they're my dip for butter. I like to eat them too, um, just like uh, like on a taco or just like on grilled meats, Crunch. like just chopped up, crunchy. Yeah. yeah, in a lettuce wrap, yum. Well, and my number one choice for sa- for radishes is the radish butter sandwich at Lowry Hill Meats, yum. which is just a big swath of butter, and then they put in some bitter greens, and then they put the radishes on there, and it and is so sandwich. delicious. That but then I great. put on salami. <laughs> so I, salami to I make it into a butter sandwich. radish salami sandwich, and that's how I do it. It has the there. same fl- flavor profile of the other sandwich you like at Certix, the um, yeah. Ficelle. Because uh-huh. it it's got it's that bitterness. It's same. radishes instead of arugula. Also, put butter with your meat, people. Skip your mayonnaise and skip your avocado spread. A butter bologna sandwich Butter is and yummy. meat. It is a thing that our moms used to do that would make me crazy. And now I'm like, oh, that was genius. Butter Can and ham. Can you please put some butter, butter on and my ham. sandwich? Let's have it. All right, gang. Well, we are going to take a break. And when we come back, we are going to talk a little bit about some canned cocktails. Canned cocktails. We'll be right back. This is Weekly Dish. We're brought to you by Red Cow and Red Rabbit. Welcome back to the Weekly Dish presented by Red Cow, Red Rabbit, and I'm Stephanie Hansen. <laughs> you're Stephanie March. March. Um, we are on the watch for uh, Red Rabbit in St. Paul. It's going to be after Labor Day. They've got the fair and some other things they're working on, but it, there is construction happening. I saw sawdust blowing out the door when I walked by the other day. Good deal. So, yeah. Um, so check that out. Um, we're going to talk about canned drinks. Yeah. Canned drinks are all the rage. And again, I, I went to Certix and I happened upon 
they kind of reorganize because when you have a store and a category blows up like the canned beverages have, you have to make room for them in your store. So like not only canned uh, cocktails, but canned um, ciders, meads, bubbles, wines. There's just been a proliferation of them. The soda water type mixers that are alcoholized, um, hard sodas. Mm -hmm. So I thought, well, I'll get a bunch of these and I'll do a little taste test. So I started out with the house wines. Those are in the can and they were one of the first in the can. The Underwoods are kind of the first in the cans. Well, and the house wines and the Underwoods. Underwoods was in Oregon and house wine was in California. Okay. So I started with the rosé, which is 12.5% alcohol by volume. And I just want to like, did you know that a can of this wine is half a bottle of wine? Yes. People don't know that. They're not thinking about it in that way. Yeah. So someone was like, well, that makes sense. When I have two cans of these wines, I like, um, uh, I feel loaded. I'm like, yeah, because you just drank a bottle of wine. Yeah. So in some ways, a canned wine is almost like portion control. Because if you only drink one can, then that's all you can drink for the night, right? So you just pace yourself? Yeah. But think about how much you pour in a glass. Like if you pour a glass of wine, you're not pouring like a half of glass. You're pouring a little bit in the bottom of a glass, a couple ounces. And that's how you drink your wine, a couple ounces at a time. But if it's in a can and you're not seeing it, you just keep sipping and you keep sipping and you keep sipping. All of a sudden you're like, wow, I've got a headache. I drank a can of wine. Yeah. Um, If you like very sweet rosés, which I do not, you would like the house wine. I gave it a rating of two. It just wasn't very full bodied. It was kind of wimpy and Mm. it just was sugary to me. Mm -hmm. Um, On the other hand, the Underwood Bubbles, which you had mentioned from Oregon, it's 11% alcohol by volume. This is a champagne in a can. That's yeah. It's it's great. The gold bubbles one. But I also think their rosé in a can is great. Yeah. I didn't try the rosé. The rosé and that's my favorite canned rosé is the Underwood. It is. um, I, I think... Someone was like, "Do they taste like aluminum? Do they taste like the can?" No, nothing tastes like the can because no, they're all lined. Does. Yeah, I think though that it's a little bubblier. So what I did is poured it into the glass and just gave it a minute for some of those bubbles to come up, and then it was great. I served it at a party last night. I brought all these cans of stuff to these lady friends of mine, and they mm-hmm. were like, "I would never drink champagne in the can." I'm like, "You will, yes, now. you will." So that one was really great. Those are the ones we smuggled into movie theaters. Okay, here's <laughs> one that I think you're gonna like, Stephanie. It is an Underwood Rattler. And Rattlers are different than Shandies. Shandies are beer with lemon added. Rattlers are based in Germany. It's the German word for cyclist, apparently. Rattler. And we have talked about before the Stiegel Rattler mm-hmm. that is in a can. It's grapefruit malt, but it's also soda. Mm-hmm. It's 60% soda, 40% malt. Do you know that only has 2% alcohol, that whole can? Malted beverages usually are yeah. lower and lower than like straight liquor or wine. So you if know? you're like out on a boat and you want to watch your alcohol consumption, I mm-hmm. think this is a great option. Um, they're really tasty. The Stiegel Rattler is like grapefruit soda. It's fresh. It's great. Just fresh tasting. Here's one that's a little different. It is a Rattler, but it also has Riesling in it. And it is the Underwood Rattler. So it's Riesling, it's malt. It's also got a uh, grapefruit and this one's only 3% alcohol. So you could have this whole can and it's not like having a bottle of wine. It's like having something a little fresher. It was, um, it was a three for me because it's still a little too sweet. Which one was this? The rat underwood Rattler. Oh, okay. 
Um, but I still liked it. Uh-huh. And, you know, it, the can was beautiful, was too. Was it the Riesling Rattler? Yes. Okay, so it was Riesling. Yep. So, yeah, that one is a little sweet. You're right. I agree. That for um, a re- I mean, that's a sweet Riesling. Rieslings, there are other ones that aren't, but... Oh, they have this. Oh, I just I have a picture of it. I should post it on Facebook. Actually, there's this Riesling that I think I've told you about that I had in the Wakao Valley when we were on a trip, and then I saw it at Certix from the same vineyard. It's so great. It's oh, like really? effervescent and it's super dry. Oh, I love that. And I would never have drank a Riesling if I hadn't had it on this trip. Right. But I buy it all the time now, so I should post it. Um, meads. Okay. So nobody really knows what a mead is, which is funny because it's actually the oldest alcohol known to man. Yeah. It's just honey and water fermented with yeast. It's the, it's basically honey beer. Yeah. And it's only 150 calories for a can, which is lower in calorie if that's what you care about. It's 5% alcohol. They have two, actually I have three flavors, but I tried two of them. I tried the strawberry cranberry mead, which actually really tastes sweet like cranberries and strawberries and it's kind of good if you're mm-hmm. looking for something sweet yeah. i would tr- i would recommend it again i don't love sweet but i could appreciate the sweetness that it brought because it tasted really natural and fresh good. and really floral um the other one that i did like a little bit more was called sting and it was the it was like the equivalent of a moscow mule but it was mead oh so super ginger forward mm-hmm. i could see you know who how is you- this by uh, Nectar Creek Cluster. Okay. You know how you would make a Moscow Mule with like a can of ginger beer? I could see making it with this mead mm-hmm. and having just kind of a little oh, bit different take on it. adding vodka to this, you're yes. saying? Oh. Yes. <laughs> Which I know sounds bad. Why would you be adding vodka to your 5% alcohol drinks? But sometimes I you do. You could. Make um, a cocktail out of it. Another cider. Oh, then we moved on to the cider category because there's just so many ciders. We just talked about that rosé cider, milk and honey that's in a bottle, not in a can. But some, you know, sociable cider has some just really, uh, their ciders, I think, are just amazing. Yeah. Freewheeler is great. It's a five for me. It's they super have, dry. They have uh, mead, too, at Sociable Cider Works. I did not know that. Mm-hmm. They have um, one that's called Hoppa Wheelie, which this is going to sound sexist, but I think this is a good cider for men to try that like really are beer forward, IPA forward, like somebody like Kurt that would be like, oh, cider, I don't know, because it's got that sort of hoppy citrus forwardness, but it's also pretty dry. Mm -hmm. Um, So I liked that. Or like me. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) And I the one of the best ciders I ever had, Sociable Cider, it was a it was a special one off and I haven't been able to find it since. If you ever see it, it's a lemon thyme. Oh, and you would go they crazy. Do so, they do such a great deal. They do such great seasonals and rotations. Oh, gosh, so it is sometimes like hard to find wonderful. it back. You should let them know you want to. I again. would just love that yeah. one again. Um, I had it at the Happy Gnome and I keep looking for it and I haven't seen it since. One that is from Michigan that I really liked, too, was Uncle John's Hard Cider. Yeah. And this was a blueberry apple and blue real blueberries. Like because I've been eating a lot of them off the tree have a very blueberry flavor that's different than blueberry in a grocery store blueberry yeah this captures that in a can god the blueberries are super fresh and just great it's from michigan you said yes uncle john's hard cider blueberry apple one thing i would just say to skip because i hated it so much was these juice cocktails they're they call them a smoothie in a can they have carrot aloe mango and pineapple lime with cilantro who is it uh they're just called juice bar, juiced, juiced cocktail, juice bar cocktails. Okay. Um, they're like going after the millennials, like the all natural. They were so gross. They were just gross. Like it just tasted like 
kind of like a smoothie in a can, but I don't want to drink a smoothie with alcohol. Yeah, no, I don't know. That's I yeah. I get weird about the seltzer waters with alcohol too. Okay, and I this is my <sighs> moment of shame. Bear claw grapefruit is great. Yeah. It's a hundred calories. I don't know why I love that fake grapefruit taste, but I do. Truly, I don't like I don't like the other bear claw flavors, but the bear claw grapefruit really does it for me and it's embarrassing and I'm sorry, but I like it. I don't understand why people want to not taste alcohol, but get drunk. It's 100 calories. That's why I know. But no, I mean, like, I guess calories doesn't. I think that's why women are drinking it in droves. It's 100 calories. So, Honestly, but so you want to get drunk without having yes. getting fat? Is yes. that what you're saying? But yes. I think that you could do that without the. It's like there's no flavor to it, though. Like you could still drink. Uh, you could drink. I'd rather say go drink a shot of whiskey, which is way less than 100 calories. Too. But when you're on a boat or in a picnic, if you're the one who's got the flask drinking shots of whiskey, you look like a loser. <laughs> wow, everybody. Guess I what? Mean- Hanson just called me. <laughs> no, I mean, you're not going to be like with your family <laughs> on a picnic blanket and like just pulling your flask out of your purse. You'd look like you have a problem. Why couldn't I? But if you're drinking, why do you have to hide your whiskey? First of all, if you're drinking out of a can know. and pretending it's seltzer water, who's the hire here? Okay, who's is- the loser who's drinking in front of their family and pretending it's just a bubbly water? Don't worry. I'm not getting drunk, except I'm getting drunk. And there's so much versus the honesty of someone who's drinking a whiskey drink. Not hidden in her purse, not in a flask. You're absolutely right. I just want to frame this conversation by telling you I come from a family of alcoholics. <laughs> so anybody who had a flask was like, but red why do alert, you have red to alert. put my whiskey in a flask? Why am I not just drinking whiskey like everybody else is? I, I don't know. I don't know. It is not rational. Your questions are very well placed. And when you've come up to me and we're at an event and you have your flask, I don't like look I, at you, you guys, and judge you. I do not drink from a flask all the time, though. <laughs> you, <laughs> I have a flask that I bring to events for it's fun cute. as like a funny thing. But yeah. like if I'm my point is, is that if you're drinking, why aren't you just drinking instead of drinking fake bubbly water that doesn't like that's the shame of hiding. Yeah, you don't have shame. I don't. I'm you just saying no just drink no whiskey shame. or yeah. drink vodka. That's interesting. I think if you're it is interesting and it's probably all about my psychosis. Okay, we're going to take a quick break. Yes. (laughs) We're going to come back and share the love and talk about how and why uh, things have gone the way they have in the food world in the past 30 years of Epicurious.com. We'll be right back. This is the Weekly Dish. Everybody, welcome to the Weekly Dish. Literally, y'all wish you were here. We just really wish that you guys could be with us in the off times, except for we're glad you're not. Because, you know, the one thing you always get on this show is unfettered honesty. It's super 100%. True. You may not always like it. Right. You may not want it, but it is there for your consumption. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. All right. That so, and canned cocktails. Yeah, that and canned And you'd think that we had canned cocktails right now. We don't. Yeah. Just Someone just texted me like, where do I get this lemonade you're talking about? I'm new, so I don't recognize the cheese shop you guys were talking about. So Cerdix. good. Cerdix Cheese Shop. It's in Northeast Minneapolis. That's where you can get the lemonade. You can get a lot of the canned cocktails that we just talked about there, too. Yeah. Can I tell you about one other canned cocktail that is like at Trader Joe's? And I could not find it for this particular, but I liked it a lot. Yeah. Sophia Rose. Yeah, that's that's been around forever. I know, but they like I they said were, to the guy. They actually Cerdix, may have been one of the first. It, it's um Sophia Coppola. It's Coppola the, wines. She did the bubbles in the cocktail. And in the can. it has a straw. Yeah. And I said to the guy at Cerdix as I was buying all these cans, he's like, I said, You don't have Sophia. He goes, Yeah. He goes, We just he goes, My staff would rebel if I bought that. I was like, but it's not bad, really. If yeah. you want a canned rose bubble, 
it comes with a straw. It's in a smaller size can, like those old fashioned mm-hmm. juice cans. So you can have a couple. Yeah. And it's just fun. And why can't we have fun? We can. <laughs> we can. With our flasks in our purse. <laughs> <laughs> Without judgment on anyone. Uh, okay. So I was changing gears. Changing gears. So let's just talk about the fact that, I mean, I'm sorry, but the fact that. Epicurious.com is 30 years old is also something that shocked me. Yeah. I just kind of been under, around longer than my marriage. And, and I don't know, maybe it's not 30 years old, but maybe the fact that they pulled, uh, yeah, they download. Okay. So there's this, I found this study and what they said is that the, the whole idea of like what we eat, what we cook, what kinds of recipes and cooking methods we seek out, they aren't dictated by a handful of food editors standing over a butcher block in some secretive Manhattan test kitchen. Um, Our national palate is made up of ever-shifting demographics, right? The latest nutritional information or misinformation, which we talk about, byproducts of chefs we worship, food TV, trends, you know, all these kind of things kind of basically influence how we all eat. So what they did is they took, uh, to get a handle on what what we cook as a country, they downloaded 30 years of recipes, 33,000 recipes from 1990 to 2017. So I guess, yeah. From Epicurious, um, you know, which the bulk of their recipes come from Bon Appetit and Gourmet, but also, uh, you know, plenty of other things. So actually, the recipes are probably older than maybe the I don't mm-hmm. know what the website is. But anyway, what they did was they they basically did a metric understanding of all this. And um, it was kind of interesting to understand. Did, are you looking through this thing at all? Yeah. OK, I'm going to put this on. The website or on the Facebook page once this is once we're done talking about it, because I want you guys to play around in it because it's kind of very, very fun. So they made it into a bunch of infographics and a bunch of different charts. And they're talking about how uh, the top 10, uh, you know, ingredients have increased, what the fats are like, all this kind of stuff. And it's so interesting to me because we on the show, if you think about that, we've been on the show for 11 years now. Yep. And all the things that we've talked about from the beginning to the end and how those trends have ebbed and flowed, it's kind of interesting. Oh, for sure. I mean, I would love for someone to do a metric based on our show and the recipes that we've talked about. Because I think that, you know, I definitely will tell you that the fat content of our show has risen because we've started to understand how much more important fats are. When maybe in the very beginning, we didn't really talk about it as much. Do you agree on that? Yeah, I do. Um, just, I think, to the proliferation of vegetables. Yes. And just vegetable forward cooking and cooking things that you find from market versus grocery. Right. Um, For sure, the localness of what we talk about. Well, so here's an interesting thing. So let's talk about the ingredients. Okay. So this there's a first chart that shows you about uh, in- ingredients that have increased or decreased the most of the, the discussions about them since 1990. Okay. So let's talk about the things that have increased the most. Fennel has increased by 101% over those years. Huh. Isn't that, would you have ever thought as a, I mean, fennel no. is not something you would ever have eaten maybe in your, even in your twenties. Yeah. No. Fennel, and I still don't love it, but I appreciate it. Sometimes well-prepared. Right. Watermelon, funny enough, same amount. Yeah. Basically the same amount. Yeah. Watermelon. I think that's weird, but I agree. I understand people are looking at it differently, right? Yeah. I think fennel is something that people have discovered, but watermelon is something that people have said, oh, we can make a salad out of it. We can grill it. We can do it. We look at it differently, right? Um, 120% is cherries. Here's one that's interesting. Salt as an ingredient has been mentioned 142% more has increased 142%. Probably because of the different types of salt. Yeah. Maybe that. 
Because, I, I mean, they use salt in all the old recipes. Right. How about increased coconut has increased 165%. I had a, my first coconut LaCroix the other day. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Not, I'm not sure about it, but... Oh. Like, I like it. Do you? I like it, but I don't. I kind of feel like I'm drinking suntan oil, but it's not terrible. Yep. It's just like this. It's like my brain is going, huh, this is a smell. Why are you swallowing this? <laughs> that is funny. That's, you know what I mean? I do know what you mean. It's confusing. It is. Uh, what is the most, uh, the two top most increased ingredients that have talked about that we've they've talked about? I know because I'm looking at the you chart. Are. Okay, so at 343% increase of discussion over the last 30 years, extra virgin olive oil. Is that marketing or because it's better or because it's real? Yeah, maybe. I think it's I think it's a little bit of all. I think it's a little bit of more like it's more accessible. People understand it more. And, and, it's, and it's a base ingredient, too, in so many more things. Yep. Do but, you use olive oil all the time? Like no, or do you? I use different oils. Your oils yep. and I use some sunflower oil, and then I use some I use some hazelnut oil, and I use coconut oil. I do like cooking things. with sunflower oil. Um, I just want to say the la- the top most increased your ingredient favorite thing in the world in crazy amounts four hundred thirty two percent increase of discussion ingredient ricotta. What? Yeah. What ricotta toast? Ricotta cheese though. I mean, I mean, I love it and I make it, but I mean, that to me is a 432% increase. Maybe because that was just like nothing. Nobody ever talked about ricotta. And then all of a sudden it got into a space of the zeitgeist. I know. And try making it at home. It's so easy and so much better. I know. Oh my God. I got to do that this weekend. I know. Okay. So talking about the top 10 decreased ingredients, funny enough, fennel, 47% decrease. So (laughs) they kind of had an up and down. It looks like bell peppers. Uh, the word package, I guess, is a 48% decrease, which is weird, I guess. Um, here's the deal. Russet potatoes, 61% decrease in discussions about russet potatoes. Uh, crackers. Cause are we doing Yukons? Yeah. Why well, I mean, yeah, whatever. Reds and- Weirdly enough, an eight, 65% decrease in the, in the word broth, in the occurrence of broth. Okay. That, that is strange? weird. Cause broth is having such a moment. I know. But maybe it's because within, yeah, it's, it's, it, I think that's bizarre. And then the last one, strangely enough, 68 decrease in sausage. I find that weird too. Cause I, I feel like we're strange. so sausage centric and meats and charcuterie and. Yeah. So interesting. So then let's talk about fats because we were saying how olive oil has, uh, has a huge thing. Um, and they were saying that few food groups stir more intense study in nutritional second guessing than fats, which explains some of the spikes on this chart. Um, there's a bunch of spikes like butter, you know, olive oil went, you know, went, went, was up. Butter has been steadily declining, funny enough, which we think, mm-hmm. I think is so interesting. Lard, a giant shoot up from 1990 all the way to 2015, like a massive uptick in lard discussions. And are you using more lard? I, I have a lard cookbook. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think there's more, I think you're right. I think there's more books on lard. Um, margarine is this really wonky wave of up and down. How do you buy margarine? No, I have never, never have, ever, never ever will. bought margarine. Don't even understand. I it. think my mom, because she was a German, you know, cook, like she didn't understand it. Yeah. And so she never bought it. Coconut oil. You guys, the best part about it, flat from 1990 to 2010, flat at like almost zero. Now it's spiked at a growth of 4%, like in the last two or three years. Like coconut oil has gone crazy. It's still having a moment. I know. So it's like they're saying basically the decline in butter, you know, they shift to the nutritional wisdom that the taste food magazines like Gourmet and Bon Appetit in the 90s, which then, you know, kind of like 
the magazines were heavy into European food and restaurant style home cooking. And that means a lot of butter. And then they kind of went down as coconut oil kind of came up. Yep. So really interesting thing. Lots of things about dough and everything else. Um, talking about the decline of bread recipes and the widespread demonization of carbohydrates. Demonization of carbohydrates. That's right. They said that they think that the decline in bread recipes coincides with the availability of good bread also. In the 80s and 90s, there weren't the bakeries there are now. So people weren't making and cooking bread you know, or they were, and now they're not. They're just buying it right. because there's so many good bakeries around. Think about that. That's kind of interesting. Uh huh. So anyway, there's a lot of this stuff um, out there. I wanna, I'm want i going to put this up because it's really interesting to kind of pop through. Look at the rise of non-European flavors. You know, like the chili. Uh, cumin is, is way up, 8%. Fish sauce, something that in 1990 was just beginning, is now in 2016, like up 5%. It's kind of crazy. Over the years, and Harissa and kimchi has got a wicked spike oh, from I'm nothing in 1990. Right. So this is really interesting, and I just it's kind of one of those fun little yeah. geeky ways of diving in. So we're going to put that up for you guys to play around on and have a look at. So there you go. Um, one last thing just before we go, I just want to, before we cut this segment off, is here's a thought. Mayonnaise ice cream. I'm going to let you sit with that before we come back. We'll be right back. This is the Weekly Dish.